the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Fox News has named its permanent replacement for Tucker Carlson. Uh, Jesse Waters is the permanent replacement for Tucker Carlson. Uh, do I think this will uh, stop the uh, flagging ratings of Fox News? Uh, can't say that I can say with uh, conviction that it will, although Jesse Waters is a talented guy. Full circle for him. He was a uh, kind of a change of pace correspondent on the O'Reilly Factor for years and years and years. He was the man on the street ambush interview. Then Tucker Carlson took over for O'Reilly. He was on for about eight or nine years. Jesse Waters was on the five. Then he got his own primetime show, and now he will get the eight o'clock slot. Uh, I would highly recommend you watch Jesse Waters this week, uh, as I know someone who will be on, and it is a segment you will not want to miss. Now, Yesterday on Meet the Press, Chuck Todd came on introducing uh, a big new NBC News poll, which uh, does not portend good things for the incumbent president. We have a brand new NBC News poll that we are releasing this morning, and in it, voters are deeply dissatisfied with the direction of the country. They're concerned about the mental and physical well-being of President Biden. But the story of the last four years is still true today. And in this poll, the best thing for a Biden re-election campaign continues to be the presence of Donald Trump. Just 20% of voters believe this country is headed in the right direction. 74% say the nation is on the wrong track. Let me tell you something about this moment. We have had this sustained period of 70% about a year now. Uh, The last two periods in the history of this poll that we've had this kind of sustained negativity about the direction of the country was before the 92 election and before the 2008 election. Both of those changed the party controlling the White House. So 74% of Americans think America is on the wrong track. Now, I will dig into this poll, but what I would like to know is why are those who believe the country is on the wrong track of that opinion? Of course, some of it is their economic situation. Inflation is high. Maybe some of it is the uh, botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, the uh, possible impending invasion of Taiwan, the Chinese spy balloon, Russia-Ukraine, worries about World War III, the feckless, impotent Anthony Blinken visit to China just last week. Maybe that's some of it. I'm sure some of that is that. I'm sure some of it is the border and the fact that fentanyl deaths have skyrocketed under Biden, illegal immigration has skyrocketed under Biden. I'm sure that all of that plays into 74% of Americans thinking we are on the wrong track. Domestic energy prices, on and on and on. And a lot of those things are policy decisions by the Biden administration, which could all be placed under one umbrella, and that umbrella is 
reverse everything Trump did. Do the opposite. It's like a bad Seinfeld episode. Remember when George figured out that the uh, key to doing well with women was to, whatever his instincts were, do the opposite. But I wonder how much of the 74% of the people who are of the opinion that America is on the wrong track are of that opinion because of things that are essentially own goals. (laughs) They are things that the Biden administration has done that are reversals of the norm, reversals of what has always been accepted reality in America, that men are men and women are women, that it's a bad idea to indoctrinate kids in schools, and that it is a particularly bad idea to be so enslaved to the LGBTQ mafia that over the weekend in Seattle, at its Pride Parade, we had naked men, totally naked men on bicycles, parading through downtown Seattle in front of children. Those same naked men in a public fountain spraying water on each other while kids played in the same fountain. The decadent, deviant, demonic actions of pride parade participants around the country, I believe contribute greatly to the 74% share of people who are strongly of the opinion that America is on the wrong track. And there are many offshoots of that, and most of the offshoots of that show up in our schools, and that is why you see the push for school choice in many states around the country. That is why you see the proliferation of charter schools around the country, and why you see the creation in the past two years of over 200 schools in the country that fall under the heading of classical educations. Yes, they say there's nothing new under the sun. The solution to education run amok, to sexual deviancy and perversion run amok, is to return to our founding principles. And that includes the way kids used to be educated. Right here within, what, a couple miles of our station. We have Columbus Classical Academy starting. Now, Columbus Classical Academy is an interesting story in that it is the quintessential example of how to, in seeking to follow things that are true, good, beautiful, and virtuous, you eloquently respond to hate and, I will say, evil (laughs) and liberalism, progressivism, Marxism run amok. Columbus Classical Academy grew out of the situation that I told you about on this show several years ago that I have said before gave me that beacon of light to follow in what this show was going to be. It was 
amazingly impactful on me when I heard the story of two moms, two families, whose children attended Columbus Academy, the supposedly super elite private school here in town. That was the apparent envy of everyone, right? Oh, Columbus Academy. Wow. What an education you get at Academy. Well, these moms started to ask some questions about some of the things that were going on at Columbus Academy in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots, when all of a sudden, academic instruction started to take a backseat to political indoctrination. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uber Alice at Columbus Academy. It superseded everything at Academy. And when questions were asked by these moms, by these families, legacy families, by the way, ones that had parents who attended Academy, in some cases, oh, how dare you question us? And that was only the beginning of what soon escalated into more and more and more personal attacks on these moms, on these families, who only wanted to make sure that they were getting the kind of education that they wanted their kids to get at Academy. Now, I've had those moms on my show before, Andrea Gross, Amy Gonzalez, and they recently refiled a lawsuit against Columbus Academy in Franklin County Common Pleas Court. But what's really interesting about the refiling of this lawsuit against Columbus Academy is that it mentions a lot more than just the mere fact, and this would be enough, that Academy purposefully targeted and disparaged them and conducted a smear campaign against them and their families by expelling their kids from school, denying the kids re-enrollment at Academy because they dared to ask questions about the sudden complete bowing before the altar of diversity, equity, and inclusion. By the sudden obsession with oppressors and the oppressed. And by the way, if you're saying, wait a minute, didn't you say one of the moms is named Gonzalez? Yes. Yes. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, two families here that have a family history that goes back to the Mayflower, okay? Like Academy, they don't want to hear questions from anybody. Regardless of ethnicity, how dare you question us? Don't question us. We will do what we will do, and you will take it. And you will like it. And you will accept it. Well, in the refiling of this lawsuit, there's some very, very interesting observations made about the accounting practices at Columbus Academy and about loans repaid as bonuses and possible what appear to me, at least, to be tax fraud questions? So we will have our normal weekly visit with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management at 1230 today. But before we get into that, I wanted to give you some of the details in the uh, new lawsuit. It's a refiling uh, and some changes because there's new information that has come to light. Uh, regarding the two families that were blackballed at Columbus Academy 
a couple of years ago. How dare they ask questions about the sudden preoccupation with diversity, equity, inclusion, oppressors, oppression, and the like in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots. It's all sanctioned by Columbus Academy administration. And if you say, well, what do I care? The place charges $35,000. My kid's not going there, Mike. This is in every school, okay? I'm reading through the lawsuit and the intimidation, the bullying, the harassment, very common that you will experience many of these same things if you ask any questions about what is going on at your own public school. Go to a school board meeting and question, why is a teacher allowed to have a trans flag on the wall of their classroom? See how you are received. So what's really interesting to me in this uh, lawsuit is that while I have always believed that Columbus Academy stacked the deck in terms of the ideologies that it expressed, for instance, in this lawsuit, it says that Instances of political bias and pressure were exerted upon students during the 2020 to 2021, 20 to 2021 academic year, including one teacher stating regarding a political issue that, quote, there is only one side. Another teacher on the first day of class said he would not communicate with any student who supported President Trump. Uh, back when my kids attended public school uh, in my rural area. A teacher said essentially the same thing to one of my daughters. So this is everywhere, okay? One teacher stated that Republicans do not like to help the poor and homeless. That was said in a class one of my daughters attended this past year at the private Christian school where she attends. Yeah. So you got to stay vigilant, man. You got to be on top of it everywhere. But here's the really delicious stuff that I noticed in this lawsuit. By the way, you can read about this lawsuit. Uh, National Review has a story about it. Uh, Fox News has a story about it. You'll gain some instruction. You'll gain some encouragement, too. Because the families, the Gross family, the Gonzalez family, that have pushed back against this, and I'm not going to go into detail because it's private between uh, me and them, as to the full measure of the intimidation that they've suffered and the consequences they've gone through. But just put yourself in a situation where you go to a private school, you have a lot of friends at the private school, like many private schools, your best friends are the people whose children also go to the private school, and then you start pushing back against the wokeness in the school. What do you think happens to those friendships? What do you think happens? Do people want to continue to invite you over for barbecues, go to concerts, go to movies with you, seeing how the school is attacking you, bullying you, intimidating you, disparaging you. The reality of it is not everybody has that level of fortitude and courage and the friendships that you thought were genuine and enduring end up being very, very temporal, and everything about your life changes. Well, in Exhibit 2 of this lawsuit filed against Columbus Academy, there are some notations made about payments made to the head of Columbus Academy, the head of school. Her name is Melissa Soderberg. She's a wokester, babe. She's all over the wokeness. She's a big, big national figure in one of the woke organizations that heads up schools across the country, National Independent 
Schools Association or something. But this is uh, more nefarious than just attacking parents for having conservative views and insisting on (laughs) radically that education be the first priority of a place like Columbus Academy. The lawsuit says that Melissa Soderberg was hired at Columbus Academy in October of 2012. Sometime between October of 2012 and June 30th, 2013, Ms. Soderberg was loaned $100,000 from the Academy for relocation costs. Where did she come from? Like, Bali? No, she came from Minnesota. What does it cost to relocate from Minnesota to Ohio? Well, not 100000 Maybe ten. That's being charitable. Here's what's really interesting. The lawsuit says the loan was not disclosed nor approved by the entire Columbus Academy Board of Trustees. Documentation of actual relocation costs incurred totaling $100,000 was not, not disclosed to the entire Board of Trustees. The lack of supporting documentation suggests the loan was disguised as a signing bonus. Well, now, was the loan repaid? <laughs> what do you know? It was repaid in installments over intervening years that look a lot like, but aren't listed as, bonus payments to Melissa Soderberg. So did Columbus Academy, quote-unquote, loan Melissa Soderberg $100,000 and bonus her $20,000 annual installments to pay back the so-called loan? Gee, if it worked once, why not do it again? Because during the tax year June thirtieth, 2018, the lawsuit says Ms. Soderberg was loaned from the Academy for educational costs. Educational costs. Wow. I mean, I know Harvard's expensive, but woo. And there are other notations on their tax forms that say, yeah, we do have a loan outstanding, but then other places there are payments of $50,000 a year to Melissa Soderberg that, again, look an awful lot like they bonused her the money she would need to repay the loan she got. I'm no accountant. I'm married to one. But that doesn't seem, well, I'll just say this. It doesn't seem worthy of not being at least looked at to find out if it's legal. There are some conflicting notations on tax records that are duly noted in this lawsuit. I find it very interesting. I will find it doubly interesting when Academy has to go into court to litigate this and justify this? Or is it more likely that they will just cut their losses and, like many entities, settle the case because there's this little thing called discovery in the process of a lawsuit where you have to open the books. And I can tell you from my years in journalism, private schools, they don't like opening their books. They like having control over their finances and not having prying eyes look at it. So this bears watching. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.